This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. It's time for the segment, The Heart of the Church. Hello, dear friend. You are welcome once again to your own program, The Heart of the Church. We have been looking at God's Word and interpreting it. And in this wise, we are looking at some themes for about two weeks now. This is our third week. We'll be looking at the theme, Jesus and the Apostles' View of the Bible. And as usual, I have my friends here to take me through the scripture study. That is, uh, I have... Gloria Sebafo. Frank Pokuboahin. You are welcome. And you are there. I also welcome to join us. My name is Emmanuel Lai. We would pray before we enter the studies. I ask Frank to pray with us. Shall we pray? Oh God, I can we thank you for this privilege of study. We ask that you be in our midst and you grant us understanding from on high in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This week is rather interesting because we're looking at Jesus and the apostles' view of the Bible. We want to do that so that we understand where they stood in understanding the Bible themselves in those days. And so we'll start off with our scripture text, which is taken from Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. And I ask Gloria to read it for us. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Let's hear the word of God. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. Amen. Now, there is this, uh, is it modern age or uh, it's presumed nowadays the Bible has, has become some reinterpretation of somebody's thought. In fact, somebody has said that uh, from the lesson, we are looking at the Bible as representing God. We are trying to represent God from the Bible when it's supposed to be us who be studying the scripture, the word of God. Let's look at the beginning of the lesson and see what we gathered we gather from here. I don't know if we can start with us, Frank. Yeah, we are looking at the scripture and how we need to interpret it. In this very study, we are looking at Jesus and the apostles' view of the Bible, how Jesus viewed the Bible, how the apostles also viewed the Bible. And it's interesting to know that during the time of Jesus, the Bible existed. And during the time of the apostles, the Bible also existed. But then we should understand that during their time, it was only the Old Testament which was available, and that was the scripture for them. But then, as Christians, we just reject the uh, idea that the Bible is somebody's interpretation, the Bible is somebody's ideas and the rest. We believe that the Bible is God's own source, and we can know God well by studying the Bible. We can know God well by studying the Bible. Uh, I don't know if you want to add a little to that, uh, Gloria. Yes, uh, considering the title for the uh, for this week's lesson, yes. Jesus and the Apostles' View of the Bible. Um, for us as Christians, we have been so fortunate such that God brought his son to provide us the example of our Christian living, our Christian standards. And yes, we are also given this example in how Jesus viewed the Bible and his reaction, his attitude towards the scriptures. Uh -huh. And then even after Christ, Christ's death, that brought in the new dispensation 
where we have the New Testament and the system that Christ established is best revealed in the lives of the apostles and that too we have been fortunate enough to have been given the view from the perspective of how the apostles also viewed the, the Holy Scriptures and then that those two should provide us with the example of how we must also view. So, so from what you are saying, we are following an example of Jesus Christ and then the apostles in how they interpreted the scripture. I think the one clue here is from the text that we saw at the beginning of the text of the uh, lesson from what you just read, Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. But he answered and said, it is written. Christ was usually using the phrase, it is written, to indicate supreme authority of the Bible over everything. Should that be our focus also? Bible is supreme above everything else. Of course, it should be. If Jesus Christ himself relied on the written word to defend himself, how much more we humans who have fallen? And so our standards should be it is written, the Bible and the Bible alone. Okay, and uh, with this it is written, I don't know, maybe we haven't yet got into the apostles and how they, they also saw the scripture, but we're looking at Jesus Christ first. Um, how do you think uh, maybe inferring from what he did and how you said he led his followers how did they also see the scripture as we'll be seeing it in the few days that is the only standard mm -hmm. from which we should take our instruction from as christians and um the overview provides us with this that sometimes we even consider those that <coughs> obey that choose to go by god's word Sometimes we regard them as primitive. Mm -hmm. If I can borrow this chew word, atetekwa, uh -huh. and someone would say, yes, maniati, we are civilized. So in our time, we go by this method. But God's word is ever green, such that it's if Christ, who was from heaven himself, chose to go by God's word, then it is equally applicable to us. God's word is evergreen. I like the phrase that you just used. And so for this week, my dear friend, we'll be looking at how the apostles and even Jesus Christ himself went through the scripture in understanding it to apply it to themselves. And, you know, we'll see a lot of things about how they interpreted it, how they followed it, how they digested it to show they believed in the scripture. And, and, and any, any closing comments from you before we bring the study to a close? That is a Frank, if you can tell us something. So, in this week, as we said, we are going to study about how Jesus related to the Bible, how he understood it. That is also very, very fundamental in our study of the Bible and our interpretation. We have already established that it is the basis of our faith, yeah. and it helps us know Jesus Christ the more. So then, it is very important. As Jesus is our ultimate, we have to look at how he relates to the Bible. In doing so, it also gives us more understanding as to how to also relate to the Bible. And I believe in asking a leading question, Gloria, if we were to understand it properly, then it will also translate into our lives and how we, we do our things. What, what, do you, what do you think about that? Very much so. Because yes, he has he provided that example for us through his life. And if we know that that's the basis for his instruction was the Bible, then we are also directed indirectly to the Bible that served as the source of his livelihood. My dear friend, we want to interpret the Bible and do it aright. And so we are looking at Jesus Christ himself, who actually is the Word, and also the author of the Word. 
together with his disciples and how they saw scripture. It is our prayer here that as we go through this week, looking at Jesus and the apostles' view of the Bible, we'll come to understand how we should view the Bible in all cases. We are looking at It Is Written, and uh, before we do that, we we'll ask Gloria to pray with us. Our Father in heaven, we continue to praise your name for this opportunity. We ask that you minister your word unto us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we all know Jesus' baptism signified the beginning of his ministry. But just at that beginning, the devil came with a number of things. And we know what he said, it is written. Uh, can you give us some clarity into what Jesus meant by it is written, uh, Frank? Yeah. Jesus Christ quoting the word it is written or saying the word it is written means that he was making reference to something which was already documented. And in this case, we are looking at the scripture. So then Jesus Christ quoted the scripture as it is to defend himself when he was tempted. You know, in all these three instances, he used the word it is written. And then he quoted exactly what is written in the scripture. So by doing so, he indicated to us that the word of God is the, or the scripture is the authoritative source. It has authority and it has power to help him overcome the temptation of the devil. So the devil was trying in many ways to get him, but he always said it is written. Yes, the Bible and the Bible alone. Uh, what does that mean? Or let me just put it this way. What did the Bible and the Bible alone mean to Christ at that time? And how, what should it mean to us today? The Bible and the Bible alone. Not, I think, I'm of the opinion that, yes, if we should, there should have been anyone that should, that could have interpreted or used his own mindset, that should have been Christ. Mm -hmm. But if Christ, of all, chose to go by what was written and what was written alone, that should also guide us, that we do not go by our human opinions, our reasoning, but solely based on what is written in the Word of God. Interesting you said that because our human opinion and our human reasoning, is that what has been preventing us from understanding God's Word? If you can elaborate more on that. Definitely yes. so. Gloria. Most of the times, mm -hmm. yes, we tend to rely on our knowledge, mm -hmm. what we think we have um, acquired, the experiences we've had so far, but they are very much limited. And it is only the wisdom in the Word of God that grants us that further understanding. Thank you so much. So, uh, Frank, how can we learn to be just as uh, reliant on the Word of God as Christ did? I mean, what was his, what was his, um, his motivation to rely solely on God's Word? The motivation of Christ is that the Word of God has power. And that power will enable him overcome the temptations of the devil. And that is why he relied on the Word. So, for us today, if we will also be able to overcome temptations, then we need to rely on the word of God fully as Jesus Christ did. He quoted, it is written, allowing the scripture or the written word to take control of his life. He did not let his personal interest to override. Otherwise, he was hungry. He could have just eaten. But he said, this is what the word of God says to me. And for that matter, I will not do this in contrary to the word of God. So he gave that respect to the word of God and he also confirmed the authority in the word of God. 
Now you see, if there's anybody to have performed miracles, and as you also rightly put, anybody to have interpreted the Bible, to have in Christ, but he, he brought himself under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, just like we should all do and understand God. We're looking at interpreting God's word. We've seen different themes from looking at the uniqueness of God's word to its origin and nature. We are now looking at Jesus Christ and his apostles' view of the word of God. Today be Monday, we're looking at Jesus and the law. Before we delve into it, our sister Gloria will pray with us to start the study. We are praying, Father Lord, we thank you for yet another opportunity of study. We ask and plead with you that you guide us through it all. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. And I think I forgot to introduce you already. Uh, I have Gloria and then we have Frank. My name is Emmanuel Lai and we've been coming here to help with the scriptures to understand them. But Frank, can you take us through what is meant by Jesus and the law? How did he view the law of his day? Jesus Christ more or less is the law. But now we are trying to look at Jesus Christ and how he also related to the law. There is this popular uh, opinion that Jesus Christ came to nullify the law, but that is not the case. He even told us that he came to rather fulfill it. He came to rather fulfill it. So the opinion that people have about the fact that Jesus Christ came to destroy the law, it's never so. He came to fulfill it. He even indicated to us that the Pharisees were wrong about how they looked at the law. Because they didn't actually understand it and they didn't also know the power that was embedded in the law. Maybe we should take a look at Matthew chapter 22 verse 37. That is Matthew chapter 22 verses 37 to see or tell us uh, about Jesus' view of the law, especially like the, the, more, the law of Moses. What did he view about that? Can you read for us, please? Yeah. Let's hear the word of God. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Verse 38. Yes, let's add that one also. This is the first and great commandment. Good. He's talked about an aspect of the law that we refuse to understand sometimes. And he came to clarify it. Uh, I think that it continues to where he gave us two strong opinions of the law upon which what he was saying, the whole law hangs on those two things. Uh, can you clarify some more for us, uh, uh, Gloria? Yes, in verse 39, mm -hmm. that deals with the second aspect of yes. the law, which is, Jesus said, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. So Jesus puts all the Ten Commandments in a summary of two. You realize that the first four deal with our human our relationship with God. And then the last six deal with the uh, our entire personal relationship. And that was what Jesus summarized in okay. the um, in this statement here. So there's no indication he disregarded the law. He rather summarized it and then make it much more fulfilling for us. So here we see Christ giving prominence to the law itself. And what should be our Let's break it to our, down to our, our, our world today. What should be our view of the laws that we have uh, regarding we Christians obeying laws? Uh, Frank, you can give us an opinion on that. Yeah. Christ himself was subject to the law. How much more we? So it is very important if you want to make Christ the center. He even reminded us that if we love him, we should keep his commandment. And that is his law. 
So Christ did in no way nullify the law. He rather threw more light on the law for us to get more understanding on the light or on the law. So for me, I think that it is very important that we depend on Jesus Christ and what he has given unto us rather than thinking about the fact that people are saying the law is abolished and the rest. So it's important we depend on Jesus Christ, my dear friend. And that's what we want to do with all the studies we have been going through. Unfortunately, our time is also up. And so we we'll ask Gloria to pray with us to close the study. We are praying. Father Divine, we thank you for giving us the privilege of your laws. We pray for the Spirit to abide by your laws. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Our wonderful friend will be here again tomorrow, Tuesday, to continue with Jesus and all Scripture. We want to understand Jesus and how he applied himself to all scripture. Until we come your way again tomorrow, have a wonderful time and stay blessed. We would like to hear from you. So call us on the number plus 233-5015-61849. Plus 233-5015-61849. You can also email us at the address AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com You can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists P.O. Box KS17564 Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa for AWR Ghana, I am Bell. May God bless you. AWR Ghana, voice of hope. You are welcome to the program Present Truth. My name is Pastor Alexander Opoku, and I'm happy to come your way this time around to share a word of God with you. But before I continue, let's bow our heads down and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for a time like this. As you're about to open your word, come and speak to us so that at the end of the day, we will change our, our lives and come to follow your word. We thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. I just want to remind ourselves that Christ will come again. And I want to read from Daniel chapter 12, verses 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. So if you just analyze the verse I've just read, it is telling us simple that when Christ comes, we are going to have a two category of people, a group that will wake up and will, will go to heaven or will enjoy because they did what was good. Those who will wake up and they will go to receive their punishment. So if you ask me, the, the coming of Jesus Christ has two main purposes. One, to reward the righteous people and two, to punish the wicked and uh, ungodly people. So it tells you that there is no middle ground for this, for his coming. You either belong to group A or group B, either to be saved or unsaved. So the big question for you this morning is that where 
do you belong? Where do you want to go? And I think that the choice is yours. Once you, you still become, you are counting among the living, you have right to decide what to do. If you really want to be counted among the righteous, it is today. If you really want to be counted among the, the evil people, it is today. So you are supposed to decide what you want to do with your life. Then it is my prayer that sister, brother, it is better for you to take Christ. Do what is good so that when he comes, you have an answer to your problem. And I think that um, there are a lot of uh, things that we do every day. Through our actions and inactions, we are making statements. The statement we are making is that God or Christ didn't die for us. Because if he died for us, what are we doing this? If you go to Titus 33, it is given as a picture. What we were, what we were doing, we were lovers of money, we were doing evil things. And we came to Christ, we received baptism. But now we are doing worse things than even before. It tells us that Christ didn't die for us. So we must do something to make sure that, yes, it's because of me, it's because of you he came to die. So that the death of Christ will be beneficial to us. And I think that uh, we gossip, we backbite, we the witchcraft, witchcraft is so it is going on. We are doing a lot of things that are not right. We are we are we are ready to pay back. We are not ready to forgive. We we, we pay back when once he has done wrong to me, I will make sure I will square the equation. And that is what we've been doing. We do not regard God anymore. We do worse things. We want to go our own way. Serial disrespect of elderly by youth of today. We don't respect our elderly people. When we go to school, especially when we go to universities, when we do our masters, we think that our parents didn't have the opportunity. So we don't respect what they tell us anymore. We begin to do a whole lot of things on our own, thinking that Christ will not come. But I want to tell you, Christ will come. Fornication is on ascendancy. It tells you that people are not ready for Christ. But when we say the second coming, uh, we can say that the second X tells you that it is sudden. Christ will come. But to, to be a sudden thing. So if you read Matthew 24, 27, it tells you something. It is essential. It's essential because Christ must come. Because how people are behaving, Christ must come and separate the righteous from unrighteous people. So we need to take care. The sea says that Christ, our final judge, he's, he's been given the authority to come and judge this world. If you read John 15, 22, you know that Christ has the power to judge mankind. And then all is obvious. Revelation 1 verses 7, it tells you that he will come and everybody will know that Christ is coming. Even those who pierce him will know that Christ has come. And then end says that no one knows when except the Father. Only God knows when Christ is going to come. So please, all that we are doing, we need to be sure. We need to know that Christ will come, but the hour no one knows. The D says that the doubt is, 2 Thessalonians 2, 2-4, people are doubting that Christ is not coming. But I want to tell you, Christ will truly come. Christ will come and give a reward. And one thing about Jesus Christ is that he's a perfect judge. You cannot bribe him. You cannot deceive him. You cannot portray. You can only deceive yourself, but you cannot de deceive God. He knows all things that we do. Everything that goes on in our lives. Even before we think, he's already thought. He knows our hearts, our thinking, our everything, all our imaginations are bare in the sight of God. So please, we should not deceive ourselves. We should not think that God will not come. 
Christ will surely come. So please, let us behave well. Let us, let us see that Christ is coming to give us judgment. Yes, we can decide to go anyway, but we cannot say Christ is not our judge. As we just read, Christ is coming to judge this world. And he has the rewards to give to those who, uh, whatever we do, he's coming to give us a reward. So those who do right will give, will have a positive reward. Those who do evil things, as is going on today, Christ will come and give what is due them. So, brothers and sisters, let us listen to the word of God. Let us listen to what he tells us. Let us read our scriptures and know that Christ is coming. So that at the end of the day, when he comes, we will not find ourselves wanting. But we will rather live and expect his coming. So that when he comes, we will not be disappointed. May God bless you that you have, have time to listen to his word. We would like to hear from you, so call us on the number plus 233-5015-61849 plus 233-5015-61849. You can also email us at the address AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com you can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS17564, Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. For AWR Ghana, I am Bell. May God bless you. Oh, oh, oh.